So this week's opener, <laughs> I guess I should give a little bit of a uh, of a of a disclaimer. So uh, last episode, we we talked about how we gained like fifty subscribers. Well, that was because I purchased an ad, like a, a cheap ad on uh, on YouTube itself, not through like some like weird third party site, just through YouTube itself, which you would think would be like reputable, right? Like yep. it seems like if you purchase an ad you from would think YouTube. So. Right. right. Well, <laughs> I we got it. We got it. We got a bunch of subscribers, but you know, I'm not trying to like you know. Maybe there's like we have a large following in like some country. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but I just will say that if I were judging the accounts by you know the appearance, I don't think they're real people, and I think that's really <laughs> that's really unusual that you try to. We tried to buy in. We said, okay, we yeah. give up YouTube. We'll yep. we'll pay. We'll pay for for advertising. Yep. And the outcome was like we went to Fiverr and paid somebody five dollars to give <laughs> us a hundred subscribers. Like I mean, like I don't feel like these are real people. So I wanted to start the show this week by saying, if you're watching this on YouTube and you are a real person, please leave a comment saying, "Yeah, I'm a real person," because I'm I'm beginning to doubt. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Because we were both looking at it, and it was—it's very yeah. odd. <sighs> yeah. So uh, please do that. If uh, so, I, I go ahead and well... put your social security number and your address. <laughs> Mother's maiden name. You know, we really want to be sure that you're real people. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna check too. Welcome to Crowbar Kernel Panic, the podcast at the intersection of Linux and gaming. This is episode 44. This episode is pre-recorded and will be released on our YouTube, on iTunes, and other podcast apps. Please like, subscribe, and comment, especially if you're a real person. However you prefer to enjoy the show, send us an email at crowbarkernelpanic at pm.me and join us on Discord. I have a link to the Discord in the show notes. Um, we got some comments to read. We got some comments to read this week hey, and comments. an email. Real people, real people. Yeah, we at <laughs> least know these two people were real, or they're really good. They're really good AI bots. <laughs> really that could good. be the thing: is if AI just gets so good that we just don't care anymore. You know, we get enough interaction <laughs> from the AI. You know, I'll live. I'll live in that oblivion. Um. <laughs> uh, so last episode we said uh, we said for you to leave a comment saying why you are a Linux gamer. That was episode 43. If you're hearing this now and you have a response to that, go back to that episode and uh, leave your comment. We'll read it on the show. So uh, Ancient24, who is also a member of our Discord, comments on most of our videos. Um, He said, my reason for becoming a Linux gamer is that it's become too much of a hassle to stay a Windows user. They are too optimistic. That's how I feel, by the way. When I read yeah. that, that was like, like preach hit home. ancient. Yeah, yeah that, that hit home. That's the thing for me. It's not really about the gaming. It's just that outside of gaming, I don't want to use Windows. Um, they are too opinionated nowadays, and it's more of a time sink trying trying to find the de-bloating tools. <sighs> exactly. <laughs> uh, or Tell me to, about it. <laughs> <laughs> or having to worry about how to disable telemetry only for it to be reverted by an update you can't stop. Uh, let's see, it goes on, read more. Uh, the only downside is that sometimes you can't 
you can't be there day one with the rest of the gaming community, but that's becoming rarer as well. On the flip side, Linux gaming with Proton and Wine enables us to play some older titles where I see people now either running VMs or buying dedicated late 90s hardware. Uh, one fun thing I recently did was running older Sierra City Builder games. Sierra, I was thinking of the, they have a bunch of old point and click games that I remember mm-hmm, my dad mm-hmm. playing um, through GameScope and getting FSR to sharpen it. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, oh, that's interesting. a really good point. We, yeah, that you is know, a good we, point. We do cover emulation and like older games and stuff, but I've never yeah. thought of it as like a strength of the Linux gaming community. So maybe we, oh, yeah. to, we should lean into that a little bit more. I was testing out like the PlayStation emulators and stuff. Yeah. And uh, that, that was a lot of fun. It really, it really kind of scratched that old itch that we used yeah. to have where it was yep. like, oh, I got to get this game working and I got to do this and that. And now yep. Proton's kind of taking all the fun out of that hacking, you Pretty know, much. So, <laughs> but you still get a little bit of that tweaking the settings to make some old PlayStation game run just right. Yep. Uh, we also had a comment on episode 42. Uh, <laughs> it's a comment on episode 42, but he's actually commenting uh, about episode 37. So, <laughs> Common uh, inception. <laughs> yeah, this is a yeah a past video about a past video. Um, says, "Hey, I just saw episode thirty-seven when you talked about the many pains of installing and trying Intel Arc on Linux. Uh, has it gotten better, or mm. are you still, uh, or is still something that is that the next kernel or Mesa version will hopefully solve? Uh, so I have been running fantastic this week." Yeah, my I haven't had an issue with it for a while. And for a while there, I was using Arch because I wanted to be on the bleeding edge kernel. Recently, I installed Pop! OS. I don't even know what kernel it has installed, but it's that everything actually perfectly has a fine. pretty new kernel. They actually oh, roll their it? own now. It's I think it's equivalent to Fedora. Like it's not the same kernel, but it's like the equivalent version or very close to it. Because I just installed it recently, like on a secondary drive just to check it out. And I, it, I think it had 6.4. As far as I know. Okay. Yeah, it's it's running really good. It's uh I'm on Wayland, which is I think another key to using the yeah. arc. Yeah, me too. Um, and it's been great. Yeah, and I was scared. I was scared of that whenever, mm-hmm. whenever we were talking about buying the RK seven seventy and even after I got it and I realized that like even like vanilla Ubuntu would run on Wayland, but I couldn't get it to run on X. Now that was months ago. It's probably it's probably working now. Yeah. But I was scared to use Wayland because, you know, I just, I'm an old school uh, Linux gamer <laughs> and everything has had to run on Xorg for forever. And uh, yeah, yep. I've been really impressed by the performance of Wayland. I, I actually was playing, uh, you know, <laughs> I spent way too much time playing these uh, private server um, World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm not interested in anything that came out in the last 20 years. I only want to play vanilla World of Warcraft. Um, but, uh, so I, I've been playing a lot of that and it just hit me today that like I've been playing and I didn't even think about that. I was on Wayland. Like it's, it's been working fine. Yeah. I haven't had any, yep. any changes or anything. I've been, I've been extremely late in the past two months. I've been extremely happy with my arc GPU. Like, yeah, well, I have an update on that later, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's great. Like Wayland's working flawlessly. Um, the only I I have another thing that that is Wayland 
problematic, <laughs> which is yeah. uh, what I'm going to talk about later with the refresh rate of my monitor. Um, X, super easy to fix that. That's actually not that bad. I, I found a bunch of articles on how to increase refresh rates on a 60 hertz monitor for X, but Wayland is like a, just a unicorn to try to find <laughs> anything think- about it. I think now is a good time to talk about that. I mean, it's okay. uh, yeah. it's relevant to the topic. So, what's going on with your? Re- why are you trying to change your refresh rate in the first place? Are you right. just trying to use the highest refresh possible for your monitor? So this is this is the thing. So when I first got the Arc, I had two hundred forty four hertz twenty four inch monitors. Mm-hmm. The one was that like stupid like one that I freaking ripped out the guts and put a new uh, board in it to get it to oh, yeah, have. Your- G-Sync. Your hack monitor. Yeah. Yeah, my hack monitor. That one did not work with ARC at all. And I thought it was the ARC card for a long time. And then I pulled out an old monitor that I had. It's only 60 hertz. And I plugged it in. Fine. Works great. Wonderful. But mm. 144 hertz and a 60 hertz monitor sucks because you yeah, can yeah. feel the lag. As soon as you go over to that 60 hertz, I can't even stand the mouse moving because it's so laggy. And- and you just know that you have a monitor that is capable of more and you're not able to use it. Well, this is the thing. It's only 60 hertz. The yeah. monitor is not 144. Oh, okay. So this you're wanting old to change monitor it that, so that you can use the hack monitor I wanna, again. I want to, no, I want to overclock this monitor. Oh. <laughs> because, okay. so in Windows, it's super yeah. easy. There's a program that does it and it, wow. you just click a button and I got it up to 75 hertz, which is the highest it would go. But, it made a huge difference. Like, I don't care. It, it, it looks good enough, even at 75 Hertz. I've never, I've never heard of this. Does it, I haven't either until I really was like pressed against the wall to figure out how am I going to do this? (laughs) I I feel like, all right, I'm not saying it's a placebo effect. You're positive that I am absolutely 150% positive. The only thing that is worse (laughs) is the ghosting is a little worse on the monitor. But I can live with that because I have a VA panel and the VA panels just ghost like crazy. So I'm used Hmm. to that. So what you're asking the audience for is if anybody out there knows of a way to. um, What did you call it to? uh, Well, overclock the monitor, but bump the refresh rate above 60 hertz on a 60 hertz monitor using Wayland because I want to use Wayland. Fedora is getting rid of X in the next version anyway or subsequent uh, versions so i want to make sure you could do this in x though right you said yes yes there's plenty of okay. articles on how to do it in x it's you just make a config and, and it does it okay wow but wayland is just a whole other beast like you can't find articles on wayland to do things yet it's not old well it's old enough but it's not been used enough <laughs> it's not adopted enough yeah um i've never uh i've never been in that that need before i guess i'm just i'm humble bragging about how nice my monitors are um but no, <laughs> yeah, i would say yeah, I, honestly <laughs> honest honest to god because before this monitor i never bought a nice monitor i would always get like hand-me-downs from my dad's work or yeah something, yeah which i probably I should cut that out in case anybody <laughs> listening for my dad's job um i would uh or like the you know the local school system or something um <laughs> But uh, but I've never I've never uh, but I think my eyesight is bad enough that I don't think I don't think I ever I don't think I notice. For me, the fact that it's larger 
but not stretched out is what matters. Like well, I don't that's what I, don't, I need. That's why I need two monitors. That's my thing. And when they're yeah. different refresh rates, you notice immediately. I don't think I could notice. I don't. I, really I bet don't think you I could. could. I bet you could, dude. I mean, I think I could <laughs> tell the difference between sixty and. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I could. I don't think. I don't think my eyesight is is good enough. Okay, but I'm telling you, tell. man. I can see. It is an immediate difference. As soon as you drag that mouse across, I might you, could feel it. You can tell the way the way you describe it. I might could feel it. Overseeing yeah, it, right? Um. All right, so we got an email. Uh, we got an email. This is our first ever email to the podcast email. We actually were like, we were thinking like the the email must not work because uh, <laughs> we've been shouting it out every week and no one's ever sent us one, but we got They're one all- from, from Dale also in the discord. I like that. He emailed this instead of just posting it in the discord. It's, but yeah. I think it's because, even though he's in the discord, I know, <laughs> I know. Emailed I, think, us. I think it's because we were so worried about the, the email not working that he was like, well, I'm going to send him one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so uh, he says, hey, Josh and Bo, I thought I would suggest a new gaming distro challenge using Redcore Linux. Um, it it has a long history and is based on Gen 2. Oh, my God. Compile all the things. Ah. Uh, it uses the Calamari's installer and pre-compiled binaries. Uh, oh, okay. So pre-compiled okay. binaries. Yeah. So uh, now there is no excuse not to try Gen- <laughs> Exactly. You know, Just knife in the heart. <laughs> that's like you know. Now whenever I install Arch, I use the Arch installer, which like takes all the fun out of it. Oh it makes yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. Feels so different. So I'm sure Gen two users are, the, are feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, um, you're not a true Gen two user. <laughs> it's like Manjaro users for Arch. <laughs> He sent us a link uh, actually related to the topic you were just talking about, ultra-wide versus dual monitors. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that section. <laughs> so, all right, so you shared a link here, too. Ultra-wide versus dual monitors. Which which should you choose? Oh, okay. Uh, so I was reading this article about ultra-wide monitors versus dual monitors. What do you think is the best task-oriented computing in, for gaming? Uh, someone just asked me this question at work, like like, Thursday. Okay. Um, uh, let's go on what Dale says before we give our answers. So he okay, says, yeah, I don't yeah. mind having two monitors as long as they are treated as two separate monitors. Uh, no matter how thin the bezel is, there's always a noticeable line separating the two monitors. Ever since going back to one monitor using an, an ultra wide, I don't miss the bezel. Um, what would you say to tr- uh, the trade offs between performance versus immersion um, or ultra wide monitors? For ultra-wide monitors, you need the graphics card to support all the pixels. Yep, that's exactly right. I learned yep. that the hard way. Um, <laughs> it, I knew that it would have an impact, but I didn't realize the impact it would have. Uh, it was greater than I thought. Um, <laughs> if not, you're going to need to play the game at a lower resolution than the yep. monitor supports. Um, with dual monitors, you can play at the native resolution in most cases, but you have the bezel in the center of your view. Keep up the great work with the podcast. I look forward to each episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Dale. Uh, yeah. So that's what he just said is exactly how I feel about it. Um, well, all right, let me back it up. It's how I used to feel. I, I forever did two monitors and I, you have to have it as two separate monitors. Of course it's, uh, if you do it as one large monitor, then 
you got the whole thing it's with issues. the bezel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but looking past that, <laughs> see what I did there. Um, looking past <laughs> that, now that I'm used to an ultra wide, I don't think I could go back. I, I really enjoy the ultra wide. That's been my fear ever since 1440p came out, like yeah. in general, because yeah. I don't want to bump up because I don't want to like not want to go back. <laughs> So I will tell you, there's a few things that I miss, but I kind of just want to get another monitor. I want I don't want to lose my ultra wide, okay. but I use a tablet a lot um, because if I'm playing a game, I want to watch. A lot of times I play kind of uh mind numbingly monotonous grinding games. Right. Um, okay. And I'm listening to a podcast or watching a video or something while I'm, yep. while I'm doing it. Yep. I know and, I've used applications on Windows like Overwolf, and I've even done the trick where you can say you want your your Chrome or your Firefox browser to always be on top, and then try to resize it so that it fits into your okay, yeah, your play space. But it's still just not, and that that does work, but it's like an extra hassle. What I've gotten yep. in the habit of doing is either my phone or my tablet I have on the desk, and I'm using that for YouTube while I'm I'm gaming on the monitor. Um, or even when I work. So I, the, one of the main reasons I got an ultra wide and got away from the dual monitor setup was I was, I was trying to, uh, use my work laptop and it just had some weird issue with using both my monitors at once. I could get it to okay. hook up and use one monitor, but it never would use both. And so I just said, screw it. I'll just get, like when, <laughs> whenever COVID, like when we started working from home, like more than working in the office, I just said, screw it. I'll just buy an ultra wide. <laughs> just get, just I'll get around this problem by throwing money at it. And uh and so it's great for work. It's it's great for work um using my work from home has been a lot better using ultra wide versus just a single okay. monitor. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. And gaming on an ultra wide is really nice, but it is very true that I would get better performance if I had a smaller monitor. Yeah. So it is quite a trade-off of performance versus immersion is what he called it. Yeah. Hmm. See, I, I, I can't really say on the ultra wide because I've never had one. But my fear with getting an ultra wide would be I do the same thing as you with the I have videos on the side or like a guide or something because sometimes I'm, you know, just want to get through a part of a game or whatever. You know, I yeah. played through a game a hundred times and I want to find an extra bit of something, whatever. You're looking up the cheats. I know what it yeah, is. You sure. don't want to admit you're looking up the cheats. Yep. I'll say kidding. it. I look at the cheats. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> when I was a kid, I that was, it's, that's a new game. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I play I the game around way. GTA. Come on. <laughs> this is a whole new game. <laughs> but yeah. So, and with, with an ultra wide, it would be like weird for me to have like your game in the middle in a window and then have stuff on the side. Like that's yeah. how I would envision using it. And I'm like, then I'm wasting all that well, space. Yeah. I, I've done that before too. Like when I first got the ultra wide, but I had not yet upgraded to the arc. I, my old graphics card was, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was new enough because I always played in 1080. I never really realized how old it was. But when I started <laughs> trying to play it on higher resolutions, um, yeah, I couldn't play certain games. Final fantasy 14 remake, like just wouldn't play. Choked, yeah. Um, but if I, but if I put it opened in a window at 1080, then it would work. And I would I would have it in a window over here, and then over hmm. here I would have something else. Just and theoretically, it should be the same as having two monitors, right? Yeah, but it's not. It don't feel the same. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just 
and that well that and that's the other part of it i don't want to bump up to 1440 or, or 4k and yeah. then i don't know I, I don't know why well part of it is because i don't want to have to buy a new gpu and get more you know have less frames for the same game yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah you will like it's not, yeah it's not that much of a bump for me i wouldn't think <laughs> yeah no that's know. it's true it's really great for uh video editing Although the funny thing is, because I'm using the Proxmox video editor build that we yeah. talked about in the last episode, I'm back to using my old 1080 monitor to edit videos. I'm not even using this. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I, I've already decided to once that. Uh, so I'm guessing that my cancellation fee for Adobe will get smaller as the time passes. Yeah, right. So I'm waiting for that thing to get to a, a small enough chunk that I'm just going to cancel it because it's nice. not worth uh it's not worth it. the feature that i anyway this is a whole tangent that's not, got nothing to do with what we're talking about but uh caden <laughs> uh, live i'll be back soon and then i'll be using the ultra wide monitor again yeah that's how that's what i like to hear <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i'm ultra wide for life now i think it's awesome just, well but there's drawbacks is what i'm have saying have yet to be seen for me yeah no i think it's i think it, it's it would be it would be hard to get used to the old to the other but at the same time, there are there are drawbacks. It's not yeah. it's not all uh, it's not all roses. And just one last note is if yeah. I were to game with multiple monitors, right now I game just on my single monitor in the middle. Yeah. That's the only one I do. If I were to game on all three, I would have to have three monitors, and the other two monitors would have to be like the the side views. That yeah, would be the only be... way I could even remotely do it. I don't know how people I don't know how people even set that up. That's like way above my pay grade. Yeah, I'd, I'd, that'd be it. But anyways, that was just the last <laughs> little tidbit I had to add. <laughs> I got to fix my light real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me see if I... All right. So thanks for the email, Dale. Uh, and I'm glad to know the email works. So... Uh, yeah, I'm happy if, to. If you out there want to help us test our email inbox, please send us an email. Yeah. panic at at pm.me maybe the podcast name is just too long they're like it's just not That's worth kind of what i thought and like i'm thinking maybe people are sending it to like crow crowbar kern panic because <laughs> they don't like crowbar <laughs> yeah but i told i i think i talked about that on the podcast uh one of my co-workers said i listened to that tr- that crowbar corn pop show <laughs> Well, okay, so I tried to get CKP, but that one was taken immediately, obviously. <laughs> so C- that didn't CKP work. pod, maybe, or something. I don't know. Oh, well, we got this now. Good. It's what it is. Work those yeah, fingers out. It is what it is. Use it or lose it. <laughs> uh, crowbar corn pot, corn pot. We should do that on Halloween. The, we'll we should. It. That'd be great. Whatever show that is. <laughs> crowbar corn pop. Make little little corn pops with crowbar curl panic on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, this episode, we have some drama to talk about, although I think it's all kind of uh, sunset. We we saw the uh, the beginning of the drama, the peak, and then I think now it's kind of yeah. setting that it's back down. It's definitely settling now. back down. Um, but I really, I, I really thought this was, was interesting. So uh, what we're talking about, if you've been living under a rock, um, <laughs> uh, Unity changed their pricing structure. Or actually, they didn't change their pricing structure. They proposed a change to their pricing structure more than a proposal proposals downplaying it they yeah. announced a change to their pricing They're structure like, by the way <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're going to be doing in the future <laughs> <laughs> and uh it uh it really set it really set like developers off what what i really thought was interesting about this whole thing was 
I, as a RPG fan and Dungeons and Dragons fan, mm-hmm. just recently went through this exact cycle. I'm telling you. Oh, that's right. It's like, it, it is like the exact same thing happened with. I totally the, forgot about that. Yeah. And I think I might have mentioned it somehow on the show, you did. but you did. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was it was almost identical to that situation. The 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 biggest difference was that they didn't have the what what we have is we have the open source license. That's something that yeah. exists. And then Godot right. was built off of that. Right. Um so in the in the other story, they didn't have that privilege and someone had to come out and kind of be that hero and say, Okay, well mm-hmm. here's the license that you can use that we're going to, we're going to remain completely, you know, open or right. as much as we yep. can be. Um, and so it was just really cool. Like, but, but the one thing I wanted to point out though, is the response from unity. I'm, you could almost take both response <laughs> letters and just change out a few words. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and they're like the exact same letter, just about, um, the scenario is really similar. Um, but, uh, so this all spun out of, um, so I actually watched some like videos today on like the history of unity and like how it started oh, and, okay. you uh, went in how, depth. yeah, I, I went in, I went in pretty deep and, um, but I'm not going to go through all that, um, in this segment, but I think where people's first sort of, uh, irritation with unity began whenever it got taken over by the, um, he was previously head of EA games. Uh, yes. John Rick, Ricciditello. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Ricciditello. <laughs> Ricciditello. Yeah. You said it. It sounded right. Um, so he, he came from EA games and he was at EA games during one of his worst, like pay, like they're famous for pay to win. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and, yep. uh, pay to win like was it pay to win pay to win again pay to keep playing like um <laughs> like they're they're just they're famous for that and it, especially yes. during the time period where he was there and then he took over uh unity at, at a certain point i i i knew that but i didn't really know i didn't really know I'm, I'm about to read two quotes by him i didn't know these two quotes and also i didn't know any, enough about the guy to know why people hated him other than that he was uh from ea games and i knew people mm-hmm. hated ea games um, as right, a matter of yeah. fact, telling a friend Guilty of mine, by association. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. Um, so, and like even telling a friend of mine that I was learning unity and that you and I, you know, we've been talking about on the podcast mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was like, Oh yeah, great game engine, like terrible CEO, but great game engine. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I drive a Tesla. I know exactly what you mean. Um, <laughs> uh, but I didn't know, I, I had no idea the, the extent of it. Um, but, uh, so one of the famous quotes, I think you and I have even talked about this before, but I didn't know that it came from this guy, but there mm. we've talked about before how some games want to sell you bullets. Um, uh, yes. That comes from a quote from uh, this John guy. Um, okay, so, I did not know that. Yeah, so he says, uh, when you're six hours into, and, and I wanted to read this because I think it's important to the later part of the Unity story. Okay. Um, so he said this when he was at EA. Um, when you are six hours into playing Battlefield and you run out of ammo in your clip and we ask you to pay, when we ask you for a dollar to reload, you're really not that price sensitive at that point in time. Hmm. Um, and then he goes on to say that he thinks this is like a good, this is a good concept for like the industry. And 
what he's referring to here is not necessarily literally selling you a clip of ammo, but that there's times where if you were starting up a game, you're looking at purchasing a game, mm-hmm. you know, you're in the loading screen of a map, you're, you're those moments, you may not be willing to um, nickel and dime yourself over small add-ins to a game. But yeah. that's not always true. There's times where you've invested so much and yep. you are in the heat of the moment and in, at the end, you know, in the middle of some process, you are more likely to be willing to pay that nickel or dime yep. and to, to go further. Right. <clears throat> and I think that is an interesting, uh, that's an interesting philosophy in comparison to, uh, but by interesting, I mean, it's terrible. That's what's ruining, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's what's ruining games it's today. Like, oh, where are you going with this? <laughs> I think it's interesting how it compares to the unity situation. Um, whenever we go into the details of the new pricing structure, I, I think, I think that there's an element of, well, if you're already heavily invested into this game engine and you've already got a game that is releasing next year or, uh, a, DLC or like mm-hmm. you're, you're heavily invested in this, then in that moment we might can ask you for more money and all you can do is pay it or start yeah. all over again. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> oh man. And so I think that quote, I think that quote is relevant to, to unity, even though it is, uh, it is from EA games. Um, he also said, um, so this quote was whenever he, he's talking about game developers in this quote. Um, so this must be from after he was at unity. Um, he says, uh, Ferrari and some of the other high-end car manufacturers still use clay and carving knives. Um, it's a very small portion of gaming industry. It's the very, it's a very small portion of the gaming industry that work that way. And some of these people are my favorite people in the world to fight with. They're the most beautiful and pure, brilliant people. They're also some of the biggest effing idiots. <laughs> he didn't say oh, man. <laughs> yeah yeah well we, we marked the show as not having explicit um language um so that's like a direct like he ended up coming out and apologizing for that quote um but that quote <laughs> is like so strikingly like obtuse because it's like in this in this quote your customers are the game developers yeah and the vast majority of them are not going to be making games. Well, if if the vast majority of, of unity developers, I got to imagine is not making any money off of unity. So like they're the effing idiots. Like they're the, like he's calling his base effing idiots um, in that quote, which, (laughs) which is why he came out and, and apologized for it. But so I, I just say all that to illustrate that there's like already bad blood. Um, with the leadership of unity there's the the community is like using right. the unity engine uh because either they're unaware or they are aware but the engine is just they're invested in it they understand it it's it's easy to learn they've they've learned that and that's you know that's what they want to use or they mm. could they could believe that it's better than other engines for various reasons i mean i i actually really like the unity engine i tried to get away from it and use godot a few times and i kept coming back to unity mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand it. I understand the appeal of it. Um, and I don't think you have to love the person running the company in order no. to enjoy the product. So let's talk about the pricing, the pricing and packaging t- changes that were announced September 12th. I mean, the gouging. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, I actually have this from games from scratch.com. That's the YouTuber that was the most, 
uh, he's the one I watched the most videos of, and I think he was kind of the the either the first to talk about this, or he was like the most popular to uh, talk about it. Oh, okay, um, yeah. I I watched today. I watched like twelve of his videos to get prepared oh, for wow. this. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I have to admit I, I kind of have a you know I've I've only watched his and a few others, but it's like mostly his videos. So if there's some side of the story that he didn't cover, then I I apologize. Um, but. Also, I had to use his link because they've they've changed this now. This is no longer, you know, hmm. unless I go to the Internet Archive or somewhere. I, oh, I yeah, they, they changed it. Right. So you can't. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. So um, they said um, we are introducing a Unity runtime fee that is based upon each time a qualifying game is downloaded by an end user. Uh, we chose this because each time a game is downloaded, the Unity runtime is also installed. Also, really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they install it. And they just never. They keep it there just, uh, just in case, just in case I need it. Um, also, we believe that an initial install-based fee allows creators to keep the ongoing financial gains from player engagement, unlike a revenue share. I have hmm. no idea what that is supposed to mean. Hmm. Um, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, so, all right. So I get the first part they're saying, I, yes. I don't agree with the first part, but I, I get no. what they're saying. So they're saying that because, um, they have to host and, um, you have to download their runtime at install. Then they're saying that they should collect some fee for doing that, which I think they're already they're already getting a lot of fees from these creators, and I doubt yeah. that this is a necessary a necessary need. Somebody like Godot makes a statement like this, they would probably reach out to the community and say, "Hey, uh, we're 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 financially strapped for cash and struggling to host the uh, materials needed in order to uh, build games with Godot. Uh, can we get some donations? Otherwise, we might have yeah. to start asking for donations at the download." Um, but that's not the that is not the situation here. No, Nor is it not at all. Situ- <laughs> like Godot's not in that, that situation either. You, I don't know. But anyway, that seems like to me, that's what they're trying to say is, Hey, we're doing a service by hosting this. Therefore you should have to pay whenever you download it. Um, but the next statement about, uh, we believe that we believe that an initial install base fee, um, allows creators to keep the ongoing financial gains from player engagement. Unlike a revenue share, I think that is a fancy way of saying that if you did a revenue share, you would be paying more money than if you just paid per install. Hmm. Um, which uh, as, we'll read. We'll read further, but uh, we'll go back to that. There are two uh, games qualify for Unity runtime fee after two cri- criteria have been met. One, the game has passed a minimum revenue threshold in the last 12 months and two the game has passed a minimum lifetime install count we set high revenue and game install thresholds to avoid impacting those who have yet to find scale meaning they don't need to pay the fee until they have reached a significant success um only games that meet the following thresholds qualify for unity runtime fee so unity personal and unity plus those that have made 200,000 US dollars or more in the last 12 months and have at least 200,000 lifetime game installs. Unity Pro and Unity Enterprise, those that have made $1 million or more 
in the last 12 months and have at least 1 million lifetime game installs. And then they have a chart down here that breaks it down um, even further. So uh, basically, if you're, if you're Unity personal, uh, meaning you just have the basic install of Unity, you're releasing your game under that. Um, or if you have Unity Plus, um, then $200,000 a year. Right. And it's not an or, it's an and. Um, 200,000 lifetime downloads, which even if you're selling your game for a dollar a piece, you're going to meet that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but if you're Unity Pro, then it's a million dollars, um, one million downloads. Um, and then also if you're Unity Pro, they they break it down to these other, you know, it's it's a, it's a straight 20 cents per, per install uh, for the us- Unity personal users. But Unity Pro, they have it broken down based on uh, breaking points. I like how they're they're at the top there. They're trying to make it seem like, oh, we're protecting. We're protecting the people who don't have a lot of, you know, downloads. We're we're going to let you like increase yourself. We're going to we're going to try and help you get to that point and then we'll charge you. Well, the, the interesting <laughs> thing is that they they did get rid of. So they got rid of um, Unity. What was the terminology? Oh, it's in my, my notes over here. I just have to move things around again. Um, so unity personal used to have a revenue limit of a hundred thousand dollars. So the only way today, the only way you qualify for unity personal is if you make less than a hundred thousand dollars, um, anything beyond that, then you have to, you have to pay for a seat of, um, unity, uh, unity pro or unity plus where, okay. Um, Hmm. and then, um, with this new proposal, they're upping that to $200,000. Right. And they're saying, but if you go beyond that, then it's 20 cents per install, which when you first hear this, that sounds like, Oh, that's not that big of a deal. 20 yeah, cents right. per install, but it's, it's forever. It's if yeah. I pay for your game and then I download it every week, then that's 20 cents per download. Yeah. And or, at, or if you're, but yeah, or if you're like me, like installing it on Windows, installing it on Linux, installing yeah. it on this other Linux, you yeah, know, that's three charges. That's that's or what, your sixty your cents? Steam Deck and your PC, yeah, and, yeah, right. Or you could add your up to Xbox. like Xbox. Like they, yeah. they even they're even counting like console downloads. Yeah. And that adds another wrinkle: is how do they even do that? Are they going to reach out to Microsoft to ask for that twenty cents per download? If you have Game Pass or something like that, where you're not actually buying, I don't the game, know. Do they still have to? Does the developer have to pay twenty cents for that download? Um, like, how do they even sort that out? Like, that's just they, they didn't think about this. They, I, I feel like no. they didn't even think about this in any detail. They, they were like, have "Oh man, we, we we need more money." They're they're this this whole situation is not looking too good, man. They're they're like taking us. I don't know how much more money it actually provides. Uh, I, I mean, I, guess I don't know. They, they have to be thinking something like that. Like they have to yeah. be like, Oh man, we got so big. We weren't thinking we were getting, we we're going to get this big. So now yeah. we got to make more money off. Well, of our I'll situation. tell you, I'll tell you what they're thinking. <laughs> I'll tell you what they're thinking. They're thinking that whenever you are six hours into playing battlefield and you run out of <laughs> ammo in your clip and we ask you for a dollar to reload, you're really not that price sensitive at that point in time. I think that's exactly what, that's exactly what they were thinking right there. It is. Yep. <laughs> it is. You could, you could pretty much replace unity for ammo clip yeah. and, or the runtime, I should say. <laughs> whenever you're six years into developing your game <laughs> yep, yep. and you run out of installs, <laughs> 
Oh man, that's we, just we ask you for twenty cents on every install. Oh, You're really man. not that price sensitive at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> that's just horrible. Just like oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean this. I don't know. What? When I first heard about this, I kind of was like on the side of like, you know, they they they're allowed to ask for more money if they feel like they need it. Yeah, we it's are, not an open source thing. Like it's not, it's not open source. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're allowed to do this. Like that was my first initial take on it. But then but then the more I, I heard about like the the what makes it so wrong is they they even said that that this was this is affecting all versions of Unity. So yeah, if you have already right. made a game and yep. when you made that game, you made it under the impression that the present day license would apply to at least that LTS version of, you know, at least that yeah. version of Unity that you used, you you were expecting this license to apply. And, exactly. And then starting January 1st next year, you're going to start have to pay, pay 20 cents per download. <laughs> Even if you're, you've already hit, you know, you know, you look at a, when a game comes out, people down, people buy it. If it's a popular game, people buy it like right yep. then. And then, it may just have like, then it's just trickling dividends, you know, for the, yeah. for however long people are interested in it. Um, it's just, and like, who, who's to say they weren't going to retroactively do this where it's like, they have a count right now of how many downloads you've had and they're just going to charge you for, for all the downloads you've ever had. Like, like, Oh, they, well, they said, all right. So that is not, I don't think that's, that might be clarified in what they okay. say. Okay. They're, they're not doing that though. So there's you're people more, that you're more up on this than I am. So well, I, I'm just I, the only kinda... reason why people ask that question. So that's not a, okay. that's not a wild out of, out of like out of left field question. People did ask that question. Um, and it was clarified, but I don't know that it's in the original statement. I don't think they clarified okay. that in the original statement. Yeah. Which, I was just curious because that would be horrible. That would be, yeah. I don't think bad. legally they'd be allowed to do that. <laughs> Even what I just said, I think that if you, if you, if you agree to a, uh, if you agree to a licensing agreement, because yeah. this came up in the Dungeons and Dragons thing too. Right. And okay. then they try to retroactively change that agreement. Well, then what mm. was the point of the agreement? That's what, an, yeah. that's what it's for. Right. Like they exactly. can't do that. They literally cannot do that. Even I mean, an open source license works like that. It, it's yeah, exactly. Now I think this is one of those situations where it would have to go to court and get challenged. But my opinion yeah. is they, and, and I think the opinion of many, 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 many people they wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think that, I think this was rushed out in such a way that they had not even clarified that before they made this. And I also think that it's in the same thing that Watsi was doing for the Dungeons and Dragons situation. I think that it was like a, oh, we want to put out the, like we're trying to cover all the bases and possibilities mm -hmm. that we may go into. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's going to be much more broad than we're actually going to. We, we actually only want this much, but just to cover all bases, we're asking for this much. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I kind of feel like it was that situation. I agree. But I also think it was exactly what you said. And I think Mr. CEO was oh, like, they definitely are trying to this. move. Yeah. They're definitely Do trying this. to move. I don't move. care what, what you think. Yeah. I want this. <laughs> like, I really think at, after hearing what you've said and that quote, I'm pretty sure there were people in unity probably being like, well, I'm not so sure we should do this. And then he's like, uh, no, we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, that's, I that's my that. impression on that. No, I thought about that. I thought about that too. And that, and that is, I don't think that's a crazy impression. Um, 
I just don't think that in a corporation of that size, one person could really like, I think, I don't know. It depends on how much, how much he owns of it. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely Elon bought Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's not, it's definitely like a, I mean, uh, X, sorry, X. X, Yeah. Come on. Uh, give it the times. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah. So that's been the drama and the reaction to it. I find really interesting and a lot of fun. So they, so the first, the big, probably the biggest reaction, um, on, on Twitter X, um, (laughs) there's a collective letter of game developers. So in this letter, uh, join the collective unitedgamedevs.com. Now they have an update here, um, from the 22nd, which is, Oh man, it's later in the month than I thought it was. I was about to say, which was like (laughs) yesterday. That's way later in the month than I thought it was. Um, so, uh, they've got an update here. I'll read that after we get to, uh, to unity's update. But, um, to start off with, they said, um, this is a collective letter from game development companies turning turning off all iron source and unity ad monetization until new conditions are reviewed. So, oh man, iron source is now I didn't know anything about this. Um, yeah, me neither. Not at all. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about iron source until I started researching this, but it is apparently a, uh, a service that they use to insert ads in the games and, uh, that's part of how Unity makes its money is off of that ad revenue. If you opt into okay. the Iron Source service, um, and uh, and then also you you make money for having the ad in your game. It's like a revenue share, uh, ad yeah, revenue okay. share kind of thing. So in this letter, uh, I won't read everything word for word, but let's see what the first paragraph says. Uh, we are the collective voice of the game development industry, developers, game designers, artists, and business minds. Passionate about our craft, we've invested years in shaping an industry that touches the lives of millions worldwide as stakeholders as stakeholders we cannot remain silent whenever a decision threatens to destabilize uh, this ecosystem unity has been an instrumental force in the industry in many ways it has inspired us to create new immersive worlds and empower the plethora of dynamic and independent developers to bring their visions to life. We've played our part in this journey, moving the industry forward and creating yada, yada, yada. Uh, we posted unity centered events, uh, trying to get to the, where's the good stuff? Where was there like off with their heads? Where's the pitchforks? <laughs> uh, where's the pitchforks? Um, to put it relatable in relatable terms, what if automakers suddenly decided to change us from, uh, what if automakers started trying to charge us for every mile driven on the car that you bought a year ago? The impact on consumers hmm. Hmm. and the industry at large would be seismic. Um, I think it's a really good analogy that we should come yeah. back to. Um, so they have all these backers now. Um, and what this wow. is, is these are game developers that mm-hmm. have pledged to stop using Iron Forge. So they're losing money, but it's also hurting Unity because Unity is also not getting ad revenue. Mm-hmm. So exactly. This is their way of um of hurting them where it counts. Yep. Yep. And it sucks because everyone's taking a loss at that point. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's uh you know it's calculated they they well yep. and also if this if this were to go through without them shouting about it then they, they take a loss that way too so i mean i think they oh, see yeah. it as uh you know it's a trade-off and and hopefully they win um and then also there was a statement from unity on twitter that suggested i don't know if they outright said it but i think they all but outright said it that if you use <laughs> iron source instead of any of the competitors um to host ads then mm-hmm. you they they could set up a uh you know maybe we don't charge you the 20 cent per download uh, as long as we're making ads off of the game you know little little under the table situation going hey you scratch my back i'll scratch yours here you go yeah <laughs> uh so it's it seems to me like this is all just to drive i think this is to drive small but successful developers if you're a small developer and you're making two hundred thousand dollars on your game in a year you're in some i mean i don't i don't i remember with podcasts they used to say if you're getting it was a really small number of downloads it was like 200 downloads like if you're getting 275 downloads or something then you're in the top like four percent of all podcasts because there's just 10 there's twenty thousand podcasts out there that aren't getting any downloads yeah, um, right. I think right. I think there's a similar We're situation. Four percent. No. Yeah, like if you're if you're a game developer, you release a game, and it makes two hundred thousand dollars in a year. You're in some you're in some percentage of uh, yeah. you know some. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is uh, for game developers. Small but slice of the pie. Yeah, there's just so many people downloading Unity and then never making mm-hmm. a dime off of it that like you know <laughs> you're like in the top two percent of all all Unity developers. Um, but uh. I think that they're trying to say, okay, if you're one of those people, then maybe just uh, put ads in your game and use iron source. And then you can avoid that 20 cent uh, uh, per install fee. (laughs) And, um, you know, maybe that's the way to go instead of, uh, instead of not having ads in your game. (laughs) Uh, And then also it's, you could upgrade to, uh, you could upgrade to a unity pro seat. And and then you got to reach a million dollars. You think you're going to make a million? You think you're going to hit a million dollars in the next year? Yeah, yeah. Like I doubt it. All you got to do exactly. is pay two grand for a Unity <laughs> Pro seat, and then yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, it's two grand. But then you. So they're trying to get people to do all these cost calculations about mm-hmm. which license they should use, and it's just intentionally vague, and it's just it's just uh, really scummy. Um. So, in response they released a new pricing and packaging. And for this, I do have their actual link. Okay. An open letter to our community. And this is written by Mark Witten. And it's signed by Mark Witten, which uh, is exactly what Watsy did where they, I can't remember the guy's name, but they put a name on it and they made this like, you can get mad at unity for this decision, but can you really get mad at Mark? (laughs) You know, like this isn't Mark's <laughs> fault. <laughs> you would get like, all right, all right, big corporation only looking out for his shareholders. Sure, everybody hates, hates, everybody hates us. <laughs> but uh, you'd be an asshole if you hated Mark. Like he's like Mark's a nice guy. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen people pretty much crush one person before online. <laughs> um so that's that was one of the similarities um but uh so if we read some of this uh, to our community i'm mark witten the nicest guy i have a dog he's the, he's the <laughs> bestest boy um <laughs> he's probably throwing a frisbee to his golden retriever right now <laughs> yeah it's a picture inside <laughs> <laughs> and and i lead the unity i use 
I lead the Unity Create, which includes the Unity Engine and editor teams. I wanted to start by saying, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just misguided. Um, we should have spoken with more of you and should have incorporated more of you in feedback before announcing our new runtime free fee policy. Our goal with the policy is to ensure we can continue to support you today and tomorrow and keep deeply investing in our game engine. You are what makes Unity great, and we know we need to listen and work hard to earn your trust. We have heard your concerns, and we are making changes in the policy. Listen, we're doing this. We announced to address them. We made an announcement. We've changed. Yeah. We made an announcement, people. Um, our Unity personal plan, our Unity personal plan will remain free, and there will be no runtime fee for games built on Unity person personal. So I got to say, I actually think that's a really good thing to come out of this, is that they're still yeah. saying Unity Unity personal is free, which it always was free. Uh, thanks a lot, Mark. But the cap from <laughs> one hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. Um, they're they're keeping that. We we will be increasing the cap from one hundred thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars, and we will remove the requirement uh, to use the made with Unity splash screen. Which oh my gosh, hmm, how many times do you see that stupid splash screen? It has yeah. such a reputation. Like if you you earnestly build a game on Unity, it's like automatically when that splash screen comes up, it, it's like you know people are like oh so just another Unity asset flip. Here we you know? go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so they're, 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 they're allowing you to get rid of that. Um, no game with less than $1 million in trailing 12 months revenue will be subject to the fee. So no game with less than 1 million in trailing 12 months of revenue. So, so they're saying if you made $400,000, $500,000, um, it's not going to be affected by, uh, yes. by this. Uh, for those creators, <laughs> for those creators on Unity Pro and Unity Enterprise, we are also making changes based on your feedback. The runtime fee policy will only apply beginning with the next LTS version of Unity shipping in 2024 and beyond. So that's really Which should important have been right the thing there. in the first place. Yeah, I think it was the truth. I think this this goes back to what I was saying. There's if anybody had ever challenged this in court, which I'm sure that someone would have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that I don't think that would have held up. I think they would have had to um they would have had to say okay, starting now. <laughs> from from now on in this next version and on, they they can't go back and say okay, if you made a game 5 years ago on Unity that we're now going to start charging you these dividends. Um even though you never agreed to that that license. I just don't think that's I just don't think that's possible. Yeah. No. Um but they but it's important that they spelled it out here in plain text. And, yes. and so I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, your games that are currently shipped and the projects you are currently working on will not be included unless you choose to upgrade them uh, to this new version of Unity. So even if it's launched in 2024, if it's made on a 2023 version of Unity, you're all good. Hmm. Um, we will make sure that you can stay on the terms on the terms applicable for the version of Unity editor that you're using. Um, For games that are subject to the runtime fee, 
we are giving you a choice of either 2.5% revenue share, which is, which by the way, is less than unreal. Um, because oh. whenever all this went down and I started thinking, well, maybe I should be looking at different game engines, uh, which by the way, you should be anyway. Don't like just use unity. Um, yeah. But Agreed. Anyway, I was, I, let's talk about that at the end. The lessons learned from this. Yes. Um, they're 5%. I'm pretty sure. I think it's $1 million, 5%. Wow. So one point, uh, so hmm. 2.5 doesn't sound that bad in that scenario. Um, or a calculated amount based on the number of new people engaging with your game each month. Both of these numbers are self-reported from data you already have available. Uh, you will always be billed the lesser amount. Um, hmm. We want to continue to build the best engine creators. We truly love that. Bada, 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 bada. Um, and then they talk about they're going to do a live fireside chat hosted by uh, Jason Wyman. So I think that's... Uh, I actually don't think that's a bad response. It's funny how similar it is to Watsi's response because <laughs> all of this, all of this is the same. Watsi said, okay, they were trying to do the whole, uh, you know, everything, everything that was created under the old license is also going to apply to this. And then they came out and said, okay, well, actually, we don't think we can do that. Uh, and, uh, well, they didn't say we don't think we can do that, but they said we're not going to do that. Yada, yada, yada. It, I mean, I'm telling you, this letter and that letter is so similar. Um, Maybe. Maybe they were both made with AI. <laughs> yeah, maybe the same. We got the same <laughs> AI, but this uh, Mark Witten is not even real. Not even <laughs> <laughs> is it Mark? Is he version three or version four? That's what I want to know. I don't know. It depends on if they paid or not. I don't think they paid. <laughs> no, the, the, the thing about, um, the thing about this is I, um, I actually don't think it's a bad, I don't think that's a bad, like if they had just came out, so here's yeah. the thing: people would be pissed anyway because they're raising the price. Yeah, they're, they're still trying that's, to get more money. There's always out a of subset you. of people that are going to be mad about and, anything. Uh, let's go back and look at before I respond too much. Let's go back and look at um the uh, the collective letter. How there was that thing at the top, and I'm not going to share yes. my screen. I'll just read it real quick. Um, so the main problem is that the. <clears throat> The main problem is that an update to the runtime feed doesn't solve the fundamental issue. It's ex it's existence it's existential impact on the game dev community. Building a game business while paying runtime fees even with its proposed revenue cap is not an option. And many developers will use the old version of Unity Engine to avoid that fee. The latest announcement shows again that the game developer community has no choice but to explore and focus on other engines. Sadly, Unity is also unwilling to openly communicate with the community in a true dialogue. Uh, hey, you got Mark, baby. What else do you want? <laughs> uh, to find common ground and a workable solution. Instead, it chose again to inform its community of its changes as a fact, the market rules are simple. Everyone prefers to do business with partners whose changes in terms and conditions are transparent and consider developers' interests. That is why the community will not rely on Unity in the long run and already started migrating to other engines. As United Game Devs, we will focus on fostering and investing in open-sourced engines. Hmm. Sounds like a good response to me. 
Yeah. 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 Open source <laughs> wins. I mean, that's, that's good to me. Yeah. I mean, so what have we learned? What have we learned here? What have we learned? Don't use proprietary software. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny that we get to sit back and, and laugh at this situation. Um, there's one more, one more thing I want to throw out as a, I think this is important to the final bit of conversation here. Uh, all right. So um, this was a response from the yes, uh, I did see this. Yeah, this was posted. I only knew about this because it was posted in our Discord. Um, so Relogic, the creators of Terraria. Have you ever played Terraria? I have not. I have wanted to, and I just it, never got to it. I, I, I wasn't really that into it, but it seems like the kind of game that you would like. I played it with some friends like a long time ago. At a, is it like, is a, it like a Minecraft side scroller kind? Yeah, of it's like, like a it's like a side scroller like uh like Minecraft kind of game. Yeah, you like. That's why I never thought I'd like it because I was like, that's weird. That how does that work? That is the part but, that I can't get over. That is the part that I don't like about it is that it's a side scroller. Um, but I played it like like it's it's been around for a long time because I played it at like a classic. Uh, raid party or like land party oh, wow. where everybody brought their computers over to our house and we did and someone suggested this game we all installed it and that's literally the only time i ever played it that's hilarious i think it was like 4.99 or something so we were all willing to sure <laughs> i'll buy it for five dollars and i never played it again um but what they did here is really really cool and uh we have to give them their roses for this so the team at relogic has been watching the recent events surrounding unity with both interest and sadness the loss of a former leading of a formerly leading and user-friendly game engine to the dark forces that negatively impacts so much of the gaming industry has left us dismayed to put it mildly while we do not personally use unity outside of a few elements of our console/mobile platforms um we feel like we cannot sit idly by as these predatory moves are made against studios everywhere we unequivocally condemned and reject the recent uh, terms of service fee changes proposed by Unity and the underhanded way they are rolling it out. The flippant manner with which years of trust cultivated by Unity were cast aside for yet another way to squeeze publishers, studios, and gamers is the saddest part. That this move was wholly unnecessary pushes things into the tragedy category. A cautionary tale the industry will not soon forget. That's kind of what I was trying to get at earlier, but I couldn't say yeah. that eloquently. It's like, it would be different if it was a necessary change, but this is completely right. unnecessary. It's just, it's just to increase... Just a money grab. That's it. It's just... It, it, I don't even think they really care about the money. They care about signaling it to their shareholders. Um, mm. So... Okay. I mean, yeah, ultimately, it's, it's the money, but the shareholders look at the money. Therefore, uh, it, yeah, yeah, got it's it. exactly the. It, I'm. This happens to so many. It does. It, it does. It is crazy. We do not feel that a simple public statement is sufficient. Even if Unity were to recant their policies and statements, the destruction of trust is not so easily repaired. We strongly feel that it is now equally important to get behind some of the other up-and-coming open-source engines um, lighting some candles in an otherwise dark moment. To that end, we are donating $100,000 to each of the open-source engines listed below. Additionally, 
we are sponsoring each of these projects with $1,000 a month, each moving forward. So $1,000 to Godot and the FNA. I don't, I don't know FNA project. I don't know what that is. I have to, I have to look into that. Um, all we ask in return is that they remain good people and keep doing all that they can to make these engines powerful and approachable for developers everywhere. Relogic has always been supportive of game development in indie studios that do things the right way. We feel that our actions in this moment are the best way to carry that mission forward by accelerating and strengthening competing open source game engines. We hope to empower and assist studios that are struggling with how best to proceed given the recent events. So I thought that was a, just a, uh, yeah, totally King, King response there from the logic. Yep, they hit it. They hit it pretty much every point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Reading that, I was thinking, like, we should just read that. Instead of this entire podcast, we should just read that. Uh, they did such a good <laughs> This uh, meeting job. could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, this podcast could have been a screenshot on Twitter. Um, this, uh, But, yeah, so, uh, you know, I I think that if it's all about the approach, man, they're, yeah. they're allowed to ask for more money. Like, yep. they may push people away. I think they're going to. Yep. Um, yep. But if they had approached it with this second setup, which you can tell was much, much more thought out and is in mm -hmm. response mm -hmm. to what the community wants, whereas the first was in response to what shareholders want and was just put out quickly to, to you know, yep. to, to signal yep. some in. Um, and people see right through that and they respond to it. You know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I'm glad that I it's it's heartening to have this response, and yes. I'm so glad to see projects like Godot growing from this. I hope that it continues. Mm -hmm. I, I I really hope this is not just a flash in the pan. Which which is another thing I'll say is I follow the the reason why I keep bringing up the Watsi thing. I followed it the whole time, and I was passionate about it. All my friends are passionate about it. There was a D&D &D night where we got into a, like, we weren't angry with each other, but we were all just, like, talking over each other, like, oh, well, you won't believe they did that. And it was this huge thing. Everywhere, yeah, right. everywhere I went, people were talking about it. And today, nobody talks about it. And everybody's yep. playing Dungeons and Dragons still. People are already posting videos online about why they're not switching away from Unity. They're, they're going back to Unity after they spent a week trying to learn Godot and gave up. <sighs> yeah. And yeah. I just, yeah. I don't, I... I, I'm not saying Unity should disappear and they should be like scorned forever from this moment, but I think people, what we need the, what we should learn from this moment is, and I, I got this typed out, but like many other companies, Blizzards, Blizzard, Wizard of the Coast, they may have started out as like a small, passionate company mm -hmm. that seemed to have its heart in the right place and seemed to be designed to build a community and to foster a community and to uh, you, deliver to that community. Mm -hmm. um, they're not anymore. You know, they're, they're right. a corporation Yep, and they are completely committed to delivering to shareholders and to signaling profits. And you know that, that, and, and you know what, that's okay. It's just, we can't keep pretending that there's something else. Like that's yep, what they exactly. are. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that we what we should learn from this 
is that if you're using Unity, use it to learn. Use it to learn about game development, you know, to make you a better developer so that whenever you do, because here's another thing, even if they were a perfect company, they're not going to be around forever. People aren't going to be making games on Unity 25 years from now. Like there's like things change. You know what I mean? And you need, if you learn one thing and you never step outside of that, then what good did it really do you in the long run? Yep. And, And I'm also learning that game development is not all about the engine. There's a lot that goes into game development that you can learn outside of the engine before you even start coding. Oh yeah. Dude, I I regret not learning Blender. We talked about this, uh, you know, amongst yeah. each other, not on the podcast, but um, you know, I spent I spent uh so many weeks trying to learn Godot and Unity and experimenting with different things and the mm-hmm, truth is mm-hmm. I should have been learning Blender because that would have been that's useful you know, and, and yeah, so many other you ways. You just throw the assets in and be like, there we go. But it's, um, yeah, I don't know that. I just, I just think that's what we should take away from this is that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not telling people to never use unity again, but I'm just saying, don't like put your flag on that hill and think that's all you're yep. ever going to do ever because yep. it could change overnight. And you, you know, you just, I feel, I feel for these game developers that are, above a million dollars a year. Yeah. Um, uh, Cult of the Lamb and, you know, Cult of the Lamb, they they posted on on Twitter that they uh, were going to delete their game after, on January 1st because they... Oh, man. They couldn't do this. Um, and I don't know if it was... Uh, they they, po- they posted that that sentence. I don't know if it was... They were being facetious or not, but... Um, that, that would be the worst case scenario is people start deleting their games. Like, that's... Yeah. That's yeah, bad. because you're putting the... Uh, because what would happen is in the world where this actually happened, then <laughs> you would release a game, you would make as much money as, as you can off of it, and then once and then there would be this like equation of diminishing returns. How yeah, long do I punished. keep? Yeah, how long punished do I success. keep the game ava- available um, until uh, I'm losing money from people reinstalling it, and then I, yeah. and then I take it offline. You know, like yep, yep. It's just a crazy that. Uh, <laughs> That's just an absurd like way to. <laughs> I don't even know what yeah. to call it. <laughs> I don't know. I have no. I don't know. But it's it 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 is mitigated now. It's not nearly yeah. as bad as it was going to be. But still, even though those few people who are making that much money are still going to be paying this, yeah. And uh, I mean. They can try lying to Unity because it says self-reported, but I'm pretty sure says, Unity must know something. Yeah, it says self-reported <laughs> with tools you already have. So I'm thinking that that you must have some interface or something that tracks that. Like, I think they know. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm pretty sure if a game like Valheim's like, oh, yeah, we only got 50 users. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that their Unity's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This was a, a cool topic to... Uh, to research and then discuss definitely something i i I wouldn't say i wasn't expecting but at the same time wasn't expecting i I learned a lot about (laughs) unity i didn't know i didn't know both sides of the coin i didn't know about the right i didn't know about the ea ceo guy i didn't know about the i I, we didn't talk about it but i learned about the origin of it and it basically started Mm -hmm. from three Mm -hmm. people on a uh, game development user board discussing to each other how to make a game engine and then they moved near each other and actually just started like building a game engine like that's from someone's cool. ba- basement. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. And 
Yeah, and and it started from that, and has now become this whole other thing, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so it's so similar to the blizzard the blizzard story, you know, where like yeah. at one time it was this small indie game development company where like these you know losers are doing it together because they love doing it, <laughs> yep. and then at some point it just becomes like it's it's a whole new it, like it's not the yeah. same thing anymore. It's the uh, uh, ship of thesis or whatever where it's like every part of the ship has been replaced mm. is it's the same ship yes. you know right yeah yeah all right well, that, well we talked about that for like an hour what else are we talking about this episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh we gotta have more <laughs> <laughs> this is this the end <laughs> i don't know I, that was i think that was good <laughs> um so uh thanks for listening uh probably not a normal episode for us um but we'll get together next week and do our normal fun fun discussion and uh i still think it was fun (laughs) oh it was it was a blast i actually think i actually think uh sometimes this is more fun so i'm glad we i'm glad we did it um and uh we'll see you next week and peace see you